you better you better bring the funnies and you better bring the energy. That's all I ever do, man. I bring funnies and energy. They call me Funergy. It's a weird nickname. Yes. Okay, I'm going to give you random things and you have to pretend to be them. Ready? Okay, ready. Angelica from Rugrats. You got to give me something else. <laughs> Wiley Coyote. He doesn't talk. Right, so you're doing great. <laughs> and I'm Joe. And this week, we talk about a handful of... Nope. Hi, what do we talk about? A handful of chickens, a little bit of turkeys, and some roast beef on the side. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we talk about a handful of balance changes, some decks, and more. Boom. Boom. Wow, that was an emphasized boom you did there. Probably blew out the mic, too. Boom. Mm-hmm. And I got a new mic, so hopefully I sound clearer. Fabulous, Rob. You sound yeah. just, just fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, hey. Did you notice? Did you notice what episode we're on? I didn't. You want to you want to tell me which one one that is? 30. Ooh. Ooh. 3030. Boom. We made it. Somehow, some way, we are at episode 030. So, do a little victory dance cuz we're here. Are you doing it? You're doing it's it, right? 30. I'm doing it. It's 30. Ooh, it's 30. Ooh. Bum 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 30. Bum 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 bum. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, so we're here. We made it. Um and we have, like you said, a ton of stuff to talk about and it's very late. So let's try and get through it. S- certainly is very late. Yeah. Your uh your your work schedule's killing me, dude. I know, man. I leave my house at 6, 6 a.m. I get home at 1130 at night. I don't know. I don't know what else to do. But hey, we've got a podcast to do, baby. Let's rock. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your week in the arena. <sighs> you know, man, this week for me was a little bit of, I don't know. It was a very frustrating week for me in the arena. Why? Well, <sighs> You see, the balance changes came out, right? And that's obviously something that we're going to cover in, in, in pretty good detail in a little bit. But I feel like these balance changes just, like, destroyed my deck. Hmm. So, like, I was using rinse and repeat. Right. And every, pretty much everything that I was using in that deck got nerfed. Um, and I was just like, Ah, <laughs> like I finally got a deck that I figured out and like was able to master and it kind of, it took me up as high as I've ever been. And then the balance changes come out and everything that I'm used to using gets nerfed. Um, and I had to figure out my, like a, a new play style. So I just feel like this week has just been a very difficult, like deck testing experience week for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because normally, like, I'm pretty good at making decks. And, and normally I'm pretty good at finding cards that synergize with one another that kind of work in the current meta. But when these balance changes came out, I was honestly, like, I was like a lost puppy dog. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I felt like any deck that I played, I lost against. Whether it was the Royal Giant or even people still using the E-Barbs. It was just like, I couldn't find a deck that worked. Hmm. Um, so I was kind of hovering around like the 3,600, 3,700 mm-hmm. realm, let's call it. Um, but silver lining here. Do you remember the deck, uh, from Kellum Jest, the guy yes. who won the, the clash, uh, pod clash 2017? Yes. At its core, it was a giant graveyard deck. Mm-hmm. So he used the mega minion, but instead of using the mega minion because it got nerfed, I swapped those out for the regular minions. Mm-hmm. Um, same cost, but just, you know, a different feel. And I was actually able to climb up in the new meta to about 4,000 again. So, right. So essentially I was using a giant graveyard deck mm-hmm. that uses the tombstone and the Skarmy because 
essentially you're just trying to bait out a zap because if they use a zap on one of them, they can't stop the other two. Right. Um, and for some reason, I just found that it worked. So if if you need that deck, just go back to the PodClash 2017 episode where we talk about Kellum Jest's uh, deck and swap out the Mega Minion with the Minions, and you'll probably pr- be pretty good. So uh, let me ask you, what are your card levels right now? Uh, so that's a good question. All of my rares are level 8. All of my commons are level 11. Okay. Um, and the the only card that's really higher than that, like I don't have any epics in there, but there's a legendary, which is the graveyard. But that's a, it's just simply a level 1 graveyard. So right. in theory, a level nine common equivalent right and it could take a while to get that to level two anyway right Mm -hmm. just because it takes forever for me to get any legendaries so i just need one more to get to level two but you know it just takes forever right um well i mean i'd agree with you the balance changes kind of threw me for a loop and i'm still playing purple flames deck because i don't like change in case anybody (laughs) hasn't figured that out yet um rob yep but uh so my trophy count currently is 3853 and i hit 4000 a couple times in the last week or two um but you know i keep kind of hovering back down a little bit but i haven't made it past 3700 going lower so that's good and for those who do not remember um because i got an actual request for this to just kind of read out the cards for the deck so um they are the goblin the barbarians the minion horde the fireball the prince the princess um the Hog Rider, and the Zap. And I put my princess in in place of Spear Goblins. The original Purple Flame deck had Spear Goblins. Um, so it was a little bit quicker, but not so significant. My commons are also level 11. Uh, I have my Hog Rider at level 9, which was a huge uh, thing for me, and it made a big difference. My Fireball is still level 8. I'm actually working on getting that to level 9. Um, my Prince is level five which is massive when he hits a tower that's big man and obviously the princess is still level one and that's great and you know to be honest with you there was a couple of guys in the clan um in castrail 2 that were saying that purple flames deck is actually still pretty viable in the current meta it is um which is amazing i mean this kid found a deck that has worked in every single meta throughout every single meta and every single balance change Regardless of whether his cards were getting nerfed or not. I know. I mean, it's unbelievable. I know, which worked out perfectly for me because I don't like to switch things up too often unless I'm like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, That's trying right. to learn a new strategy because you give me a different deck to try and beat. Boom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much our weeks in the arena. So I have another question for you, sir. Hit me, sir. Did you watch the video on the executioner? So... I did. And? And, well, when you say the video. The sneak peek video. I did. And what do you think? I kind of feel like I really love it. Uh Uh-huh. But then a part of me is like, do I really want another card like the bowler that attacks ground and air but just doesn't knock anything back? Right. But it also attacks going out. And coming back. Right, right. So it's so in theory, it's literally a boomerang axe, right? Right. So it's it's a super cool concept. But you wanna know what I think? Okay. So I kinda wanna get to this a little bit after we go through the balance changes. Okay. But I I really think that they came out with the executioner and they came out with these balance changes to kind of automatically balance an automatic meta that is going to come out of these balance changes. Okay. Um, so we'll get there in a little bit. However, I really like the concept of this card. Even though it's kind of like the bowler, it is unique in the sense that it is a boomerang back and forth. Right. right? And it attacks ground and air, which is ultimate. That's huge. And also, I don't know what levels anything was at in that video, but it showed him throwing out his... Uh, you know, boomerang axe thing, and it went out and it hit a minion horde, and then when it came back, it killed them all. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty intense. It is, but 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 then if you think about it, right? It's you're spending five cost to kill a five cost card, 
So, you know, you, you can do the exact same thing with a five cost card in the, in the minion horde. And then you can, you can drop down a, a two cost fire spirits and kill the entire minion horde. So there's other cards in the game that you can drop down for less than five that can kill an entire minion horde. So, you know, the fact that, that this thing costs five and one shots them, I don't, I don't personally see a problem with it. But what I do see is it making it very difficult to deal with because you can't just place, like, usually you'd be able to distract something with a ground troop in one spot and then you could put like an air unit above mm-hmm. it to kind of just like kill whatever it is that you're trying to kill while distracting it with the ground troops. You can't do that against the, the executioner and that really makes it difficult. It makes people have to rethink their troop placement. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see this card come out, and uh, I'm actually really excited for um, just seeing him on the field because he's so different aesthetically than any other card that's in the game. Yeah, no, he's super cool looking. I didn't think that he was going to be as large as he is. Yeah, he's actually pretty tanky, and uh, you know, if you look at the tooltip, his uh, level one hit points are 760, so that's pretty good. Yeah, man. That, I mean, it's it's awesome, right? I mean, it's not as high as I guess the bowler would be because the bowler is a little bit more tanky. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the bowler can only attack ground. So obviously, if this thing has the advantage of being able to attack ground and air, it can't be it it can't be as tanky. That would it, otherwise it wouldn't be allowed to be five cost, right? It, you can't make the card the same cost, and it'd be just more powerful, right? And a level one absolutely survives a level eight fireball. Does it? Yeah, because a level fu- a level eight fireball uh, does six hundred and twenty seven damage. So I guess at the end of the day, you're not killing this thing with a fireball, no, nope. regardless of regardless of what level it is. So needless to say, we're very excited about this card. Um, I have another one for you. Did you get a chance to play in the draft challenge? Because upfront, full disclosure, I did not. I did, and. I think the main reason why I played in that, like I don't play in all of them all the time in mm-hmm. like the challenges. Um, Cause sometimes I think they're ridiculous at how much they cost in gems, but right. Um, every single time that this draft challenge comes out, I guarantee you that I'm going to play it because I came up with that idea. They stole <laughs> my idea. So of course I'm going to play it every single time because it's awesome. Well, we'll call it politely borrowed. You inspired them. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that, so first of all, it, I didn't play because, and you can call me cheap, but I was kind of annoyed um, that they didn't let us play it for free for the first time around. Yeah. No, I, I had the same thought. Um, but again, I was just like, how can I not play this? I came up yeah, with no, the Yeah, no, this one is, this is your Espo mode. This is That's you. Right. This is this your is game. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I, I was, I literally was... When I see this, I'm like fun guaranteed. But even if I lose, even if I go 0-3, I'm like, well, you know what? That was awesome. That guy <laughs> just destroyed me. And I gave him the cards to do it. And oh, by the way, that was my idea to do that. Boom. Boom. Exactly. So um, <laughs> because I didn't play in it, I have a quick question about it. Did yeah. you get to pick your four cards first and then you pick their cards? Or was no, no, it the no, other no, way no. around? No, no, no. So, so how it works is... Basically, you click battle, right? And you get into the the game mode screen. So you get into the arena. And before you can actually battle, so before it starts counting down three, two, one, or whatever, what happens is it it gives you the option of picking two cards. So, you know, like in Hearthstone, when you're you're picking in in an arena battle, Mm -hmm. three cards pop up. Oh, and you choose one? So basically what happens is you choose one of two. But here's the thing. If you choose the one on the left... The one on the right goes to your opponent. Ah, If you choose the one on the right, the one on the left goes to your opponent. Interesting. So basically, you're getting the option, and you're seeing what cards you're getting versus they're getting. Okay. And if you keep good track of that throughout the four-card process, you can really either mess them up or really help them. Right. (laughs) Um, So you kind of have to be a little bit strategic, right? Because you can make your opponent have a deck of all, like, five or six-cost cards. And then it makes it pretty difficult for them to cycle. But then again, you could accidentally give them cards without thinking about it. And, and then they have like a regular deck at the end of the day that just synergizes very well. Yeah, it's a good point. I think I would be really worried that I would just get really bad cards. And you know me, 
I don't like change. So I just, you know, it would force me to play a style and I would just lose immediately. So like, that's what I'm saying. Because it wasn't free, I didn't get a chance to jump in and just give it a shot for the first couple rounds, you know, and then I would have lost. I would have lost all those gems the first time I played it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. And, and to be honest with you, dude, like, I don't really understand why they wouldn't give a draft challenge free for the first time or any challenge of that matter. Like, if it's a classic game and it's not a grand challenge, then what are you giving? You're giving somebody, what, a max of 2,000, like, gold and a couple of hundred cards? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, are you really losing out on that much money by letting somebody play for free one time? I mean, come on. Right, because maybe they practice a little bit throughout that first round and then they get, you know, a little bit more pumped up and feeling a little more confident than they actually use real gems to play the second time around. Exactly. Like if they actually like the draft challenge or if they don't know if they like the Deborah Elixir challenge, they're not going to try it. Completely agree, dude. So we don't really have any news or clan updates, um, but we do have balance changes. Balance changes. Boom. Boom. They, as we alluded to, had just been released. Uh, they were released on January 23rd. Um, One, two, and, three. Yeah, and we, that's, that's actually really funny. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of cards were kind of turned down on the dial a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. And like I mentioned, they were all pretty much cards that I used in my decks. So this was pretty disheartening for me. But um, to be honest, I, I really got to be honest with you. I I I like them. <laughs> do you? I do. Like it, like it upset me that like all of my cards were getting nerfed. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think that these were necessary changes. Um, and you know, as we go through one by one by one, we can talk about like what happened, why it happened. D- does it make sense? But okay, when I took a quick look, I was like, this this is this makes more than enough sense. All right, well, I'm going to, for probably the first time in the history of this podcast, take the exact opposite, stark opinion against what you just said. Really? Yes. I don't like these changes whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. I like one of the changes, and it's pretty obvious which one it is. I, I hear you, but I, so I, okay, so I'm going to revise what I just said. I, I only dislike one. So you only like one and I only dislike one. Okay. Okay. So, so let's you like everything, but one of them. Correct. Just so we're and, on the same page and you like none of them, but <laughs> one of them. Right. So we're literally the exact opposite. Perfect. Do you want to know why? Yes. Because I think that this set of balance changes totally promotes zap bait decks and i am almost immediately upon seeing the changes hit seeing a rise of goblin barrel decks and decks that use the skarmy um you know and the mirror like pretty much like the deck that you told me about the last time when we did uh like two podcasts ago the deck that i used to um to get the electro wizard I think so. Yeah, the 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 um the Goblin Barrel Mirror deck. Yeah, that was that deck. I am seeing that specific combination happen way more often. Yeah, man. And it's I only mean, been it's only been a couple of days. Yeah, no, I I I okay, so I hear you and I'm I'm not going to argue with you. So I totally agree. So we'll go through each of these changes in full, but the one change that I did not like was the change to the zap. Okay. Because that specific change allows zap bait decks or alike, you know, we say zap bait, but in theory, zap could really mean arrows or fireball or zap or log. It's really just your your AoE spell that helps clear the little swarm of troops, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So but at the end of the day, if you make this one weaker, what you're doing is you're causing somebody to resort to a higher cost spell. And if you're resorting to a higher cost spell, then you're spending more elixir to kill the goblins that you normally would have killed anyway. So you're not gaining elixir advantages off that. And it also makes it harder to cycle, right? 
Right. And I was also going to say that the, uh, you know, you were saying before about balancing the balances, like with the executioner coming out, like he kind of goes directly against like a goblin barrel. But would you really throw down a five cost card against a three cost spell? Well, you might not, but you might now, right? Because yeah, especially if it's a Zap Bait deck, you know what's coming next. It's going to be a Skarmier. It's going to be a Minion Hoarder. You know, at the end of the day, you might do it now. And and your point is exactly what I was trying to bring up before. I think that they made these balance changes because shortly thereafter the balance changes came out, people were going to start using Zap Bait decks again. The problem with that is that they're countering it with the Executioner. Um, you know, and, and I think as long as the Executioner becomes prominent in the meta, you know, we don't know what it's really like at level, you know, 20 level caps. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if this thing becomes prominent in the meta, that can offset. It can really offset this like crazy Goblin Barrel Zap Bait deck build and can kind of take the game in a different direction. Right, and I guess we also just had the the uh, the Dark Goblin released, which is a very quick hitter. Um, and then we also have cards that aren't out yet that are probably going to help. So maybe you'll sway my opinion, but right now it's not looking good. So let's dive in one by one and let's see what happens. All right, so let's start with the biggest change to the game since I don't even know when, because these cards were on a rampant rampage. The elite barbarians had their hit points reduced by 4%, damage reduced by 4%, and their hit speed was increased to 1.5 seconds from 1.4 seconds. So they attack a little bit slower. Right. So I think it's safe to say you love these changes. I think it's safe to say that anyone who plays this game loves these changes, except for diehard elite barbarian fans that you know pummel towers down with just throwing that card and maybe a hog rider so i like the change i don't i don't love the change but i like this change okay i think that they i think that supercell went in the right direction with this change but i think they did it in a roundabout way I didn't think that their hit points were too high and to be honest with you changing them by 4% does practically nothing right I also think that changing their damage by 4% does practically nothing. 4% of about 300 is about 12. So it's nothing for me. And their hit speed increase by 0.1 really is not even that noticeable. Sure, when you combine all three of those changes, you get a pretty, call it recognizable change. But at the end of the day, the only change that this card needed was to have its speed reduced from very fast to fast. If they would have did this, nothing else would have had to have been changed, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's something that we did suggest. Now, you would hope that they had tested that out. Um, They did spend a month, over a month, to get this fixed. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, they did have off because of the holiday, but you'd think that you'd have enough time to find the right answer. I just hope that it is the right answer and that they don't eventually go oh, you know what, we're going to increase them again and we're going to lower their, their, their speed because then it's just like, ugh, just deck test it. <laughs> right, right. No, that, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, let's go on to the one that we both don't like at all. So the next one is a pretty significant change to the Zap. So now the Zap's damage has been decreased by 6%. And their reason is because Zap has been one of the most used cards in the game They think that this change will stop it from one-shotting equally leveled goblins, um, which, like we were saying before, would include the goblin barrel. Um, Now, personally, they mention this one card, the arrows, and they make it like it's like a little drive-by comment, but I really think that this change was done so that you use arrows. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible, right? Especially if you know that the decks that are going to be used are going to be zap bait decks. Most zap bait decks can be killed by arrows. Right. And arrows have a very wide range, so they would suffice. Mm-hmm. So they call it out kind of like, a, it's like, hint, hint. Check this card out, guys. It still hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> little, little influence, I could see. 
Yeah, but what do they call it? It's like a like a, a leading suggestion or whatever. Yeah, they're they're leading the witness here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, you want to know what I don't like most about this this change? Hmm. They don't really tell you exactly how it impacts everything. Like, for example, and obviously they're not going to go into the, the, the nitty gritty on everything, but right. my level 11 zap used to kill level 2 lava pups. Mm. But now, so what I used to do is I used to have no problem killing lava hounds that were level 2 because I used to just distract it for a little bit with a cannon, right. kill the lava hound itself, and then I just waited for all the little lava pups to get to my tower. Zap, boom, dead. Well, here's what they don't tell you. This little change of negative 6% that they gave to the damage. Oh, it, it just so happens to leave, I don't know, 7 health left on the lava pups. Mm. So now I can't do my strategy anymore. I haven't had that happen to me yet. And I use Purple Flames deck, which has the zap. So this is really the only thing that affects me. Um, with my deck. Wow, I never even thought about that. Hey, I have another one. I yeah. wonder how this affects killing um, fire spirits. You know, I, th- I think it would I think it would definitely still kill them. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, you want to go over the next change? Because you actually have this card and I don't. I do. OK, so the next card is the Electro Wizard. So this card had its hit points increased by 9% and the spawn damage was decreased by 6%. And the, the, the 6% decrease in the spawn damage, if you guys remember, is the battle cry when it comes out like a zap. And right. they basically changed the damage just like they did to the zap so that the two mirror one another. Even though they changed the tooltip to no longer say that he zaps on impact. Right. Right. Um, so they don't like to say that he zaps on impact, <laughs> but they like to make the damage exactly the same right. on impact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting um, mixed messages here. Right. So in theory, you really cannot use this card to replace the old zap because it does nothing more than it used to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's the big change. And this is something that when this card first came out, I mentioned to you, I asked you when this card first came out, I said, Hey Rob, How do you feel about the fact that the Electro Wizard can be killed by an equally leveled four-cost fireball? So in theory, a four-cost fireball spell will kill the four-cost Electro Wizard. Mm -hmm. But now, and we thought that that was like such a great idea. We're like, eh, you know, it's like this card is directly countered by spells because it's not easily countered by troops, right? Right. Well, now it's not easily countered by a fireball so how do you feel about that i don't i mean i understand why they did it to make it more viable and to make it less um vulnerable to a fireball but i have to tell you i thought that that was a really good answer to an electro wizard when it gets thrown out because if i quote unquote waste a fireball on an electro wizard chances are i need that fireball for something else in that deck most of the time, it's going to be barbarians. Sometimes I've had to use my fireball for uh, a minion horde when I don't have my zap up. So I don't know. I feel like it was a good trade off. Like you have to make that decision. But I, again, I see where they're coming from. I just I don't necessarily agree with a nine percent increase. Right. So I don't I don't know if the nine percent was necessary to get the the health above the fireball damage without reducing the fireball damage right mm-hmm. and i also um, want to know what level my fireball has to be now to kill him well it says it what an, e- an equally leveled fireball will not kill it right but so will one level above kill it yes so if i have a level eight fireball it will kill a level oh. one electro wizard okay so i'm probably still in the clear yes for now until people start getting more electro wizards Right. Then right. then you have no shot. <laughs> then I'm going to then I'm going to cry emote. Cry emote. Plancy boom. Mhm. Yeah, so I mean I I I like the change. I I agree with you. I think that it, it was a good decision that you had to make when you had to kind of decide whether to use the fireball or not on the electro wizard, but Right. You know, at the end of the day, it was kind of disheartening to know that you just played a legendary card that cost four elixir and it got killed by a four cost spell. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's true. I could I could see being very defeated when that if that ever happened to me. But I'm right. on the other side of that right now. So <laughs> Right, but 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 then again, like you if you think about it, the princess gets killed by a three cost arrows. You know, it's it's not like it doesn't. The, I mean, to be fair, the princess also gets killed by a by a log. So I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's not like they haven't done it before. It's just it's disheartening to know that you're 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 losing the battle to a card that's of equivalent cost but of lower rarity. It just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, all right. I mean, when you put it like that, that's fine. I I think I understand better. Um so this next card was another one from your deck that made you cry. Yeah, this one hurt, man. Mega Minion, the Mega Minion was, this was a tough one for me. They decided that reducing his damage by 4% was necessary. But mm-hmm. on top of that, on top of that, they also increased the hit speed to 1.5 seconds from 1.4. So in, in theory, they're making him attack just a little bit slower. Um, but that slower attack speed in tandem with the 4% decrease in damage really impacts it pretty well. Um, I get the change. I just hate the change. And they say he's still a minion, but a tanky one. Okay, he was already a tanky one, so I don't really see how that's important. I kind of wish that they actually gave him more health with these changes as well. Yeah, man, like, I think that would have been good. Like, and to, to be fair, you could increase his hit points even a little more and decrease his damage a little more. And I would have been fine with that. Yeah, or make his armor like a shield, like make it actually do something. There's no other flying unit that has a, a flying shield, right? Nope. That would be the first. And I think that the Mega Minion would have been a good one to use it on. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then the next change that we got is for the archers, and their hit points were decreased by 4%. Um, again, just, you know, kind of toning specific cards down, um, and they're looking to pull power from them. Uh, th- their goal is to, to uh, keep their interactions with elite barbarians and the mega minion the same after the above two changes. So after the mega minion change, um, and the elite barbarian change. They want to make it so that uh, the interaction is the same. So I think that this, even though we don't like it, is still an appropriate change for what they did previously. So it kind of aligns with balancing. Right. No, this is a necessary balance change, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the archers themselves would be too powerful. Right. Um, and, and here, you know, when I see them talking about three different cards interacting with one another, all being nerfed in the same way, what I see them doing is taking a current meta, right, and not buffing other cards to make them better, um, but instead, they're simply just taking the current meta, and they're literally just toning it back. They're making the current meta, when they face each other, all the same. Right. When the archers face the barbarians, it's all the same. But when the current meta now faces a new meta, it's not going to be as powerful, and that's the point, right? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, So then the next card that we got is for the log, and it had its damage also decreased by 4%, and then again, arbitrarily, its knockback effect was reduced. However that's measured, no one will ever know. Which I don't understand, right? Like, why would you not tell us how much much the knockback is? Like, knockback should be two tiles, or it should be a tile, or it should be a tile and a half. Why would you not tell us what the what the knockback is? Yeah, that's kind of important, actually. <laughs> Super important. Uh-huh. But hey, what do we know? Yeah, I mean, I, st- I still don't even have this card. You got it, though. And of course, as soon as you get it, it gets nerfed. Nerfed. Of yep. course, that's just my luck. I got the miner, it got nerfed. I got the sparky, nobody uses it anymore. I got the, I got the log, gets nerfed. Got the electro wizard, nobody uses it. <laughs> I feel for you, let me tell you. Uh, but, but to be fair, the uh, electro wizard got a nice little buff, so maybe you should use it. That's fair. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just maybe I'm just doing I'm just I'm doing this thing wrong. Maybe you're the problem, Joe. I am the problem. <laughs> I need to reconsider my my approach here. Uh-huh. Um and then the next card that we got is for the Ice Golem who had its hit points decreased by 5% and then its death damage radius and slow duration are now reduced to what? We don't know. Again, right. arbitrary. Right. Don't get why they wouldn't 
be transparent on that. But um, again, this is another change that I think was necessary, but I, I wasn't so happy about it. Right. Cause I, I use the card. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, this card had like 1100 health at level eight and it did very good damage controlled way too well. And then even after it died controlled and made it very difficult to kind of, uh pick back up let's just say so yeah so i like it yeah and i mean i i kind of agree with the with the logic here about having it uh fill uh, a, a niche in the two elixir section um of the cards uh and uh, clearly it just did too much for how much it cost totally agree mm-hmm and so the next change was to the Ice Spirit. And this one had its damage decreased by 10%. Ooh. Um, and this one was good, right? I mean, they, they talk about the fact that the, the Ice Spirit, for one cost, if placed right, can honestly kill an entire group of minions, like an entire minion horde. Because you can essentially get all of them grouped up the effect of its radius is so large so you can freeze them all and damage them all and then your crown tower just kills all of them so it's just like well that's a pretty positive elixir trade (laughs) yeah yeah, a very positive elixir trade yeah so i mean this one to be honest it it makes sense and you know i I think i think the current meta or the, the previous meta i should say was a very low cost cycle type meta mm-hmm. because it was able to utilize these types of cards. But if you tone them back a little bit, it, it'll really help change the meta into a less cycle based meta right. and more strategic based meta. Yeah, no, I agree. And now that I'm now, now that I'm reading a couple of these um, and we're talking about them, I, I, I think you're kind of swaying me in the other direction. Boom. So the next and last change was to the wizard. And we've had a couple of changes to this guy over the past couple, but this one in particular increased its range by 0.5. I really dislike their reasoning behind it, but I like the change. (laughs) Fair. So they essentially say that his use rates were relatively low overall. So, of course, they give him a buff so that people use him more. When in theory, I didn't necessarily think he was underpowered to begin with no but not at all i but i do think that this change makes him very viable mm-hmm. yeah and i i think that you know they say they want to make him a more compelling choice when stacked up against the other range support options well that's cool um but i think that the wizard serves a very specific purpose compared to other range troops like are you really comparing or deciding whether to put a musketeer or a wizard in your deck because they both do the same thing? No, they do very different things. Correct. So um, I don't like this change because I did think that the wizard was pretty strong to begin with. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I was saying, right? Like, I don't think that he was underpowered at all, <laughs> but... This change makes him so viable. You're going to see him so much more now. But again, that helps verse, like that specific card helps verse the Zap Bait decks. So I feel like they're, they're directly causing a meta to come about, but then subtly dampering it with these other changes and new cards. Right. Nope, I agree. All right, so we have some chests. Well, I have some chests. I have one total chest. Joe, Joe has Joe missed the memo when I sent out to save his chests. Right, but but I do have a chest, one total chest. That's good. Um, so do you want me to do one first, then you can go, and then I'll round them out? Nope, I'm just going to go first so that I can get over my, my pity party, and then I'm just going <laughs> to let you go. I'm just going to let you do it. I like it. Do it. Tell me when you're ready. I am born ready for this. All right, so I've got a whomping, whomping silver chest. Boom. Boom. <laughs> it's like a moob. Yeah. It's like my only chest. I didn't want to say it because that's just, that's just mean. All right, here we go. Ready. <laughs> 
72 gold. Ooh. Alright. Alright. And 11 goblins. Thank you very much. I will take that and walk away with nice. it. Nice. Alright, so the first one that I'm going to open up is the crown chest. So we'll open that. Do it. And we're looking at 551 gold. Very good. Two gems. 12 Teslas. Okay. 21 arrows. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Still think I'm making it up? Who said they were pushing those cards on mm-hmm. to people? <laughs> 35 barbarians. Okay. It's pretty good for my deck. And eight dark goblins. Eight dark goblins. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm impressed. Not a bad chest, sir. Yeah. And normally I would tell you to go, but oh, you don't got anything else. So I'm going to do. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> so Just I'm, rub it in. I'm Just rub it do, in, why don't you? I'll do the, ooh, I still have the clan chest. That's right. I held off opening it. So let's open this guy. You ready? Ready. Okay. <laughs> 1,620 gold. Boom. Three Valkyrie. Okay. Three Fireball. Very good. Four Dark Goblins. Okay. Five. Three Musketeers. I like it. Twelve Tombstones. That's not bad. Three Poisons. That's good. I know. That's subtly good. I can get my poison to level four now. Which is big. Oh my goodness, I hate this game sometimes. Why? 240 mortars. (laughs) (laughs) What? That is amazing. (sighs) Wait, can I tell... I I need everybody to know that if there's... There's an upgrade available for this card because I currently have 3,003 mortars. Dude, I feel for you. I don't even know how many I have, but I don't think it's 3,000 of them. I refuse to upgrade them. I have 2,200 of them, though. Hmm. Dude, the executioner just came out. Oh. And you, sir, have an epic chest. Boom. Boom. You ready? Let's see. Ready. Fingers I'm crossed. Ready. Born ready. If it's going to happen, them. it's going to happen here. Let's do it. All right. I'm so nervous, but excited at the same time. I got him. Are you First card, me? I got him. No way. Yeah. I swear. Look. You're not even lying. That's amazing. I'm not lying. Wow. First card. <laughs> How happy are you right now? Because, like, I would be ecstatic. I, can't, I don't have to buy it. I mean, I'll probably still buy it just to upgrade them. But that's amazing. Good stuff, man. Wow. All right. So far, successful 30th episode. Boom. All right. So there's three more cards. Okay. Five witches. That's very good. Especially yes. in a zap bait deck meta. Boom. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Six golems. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, eight tornadoes. Eight tornadoes. Again, yeah. another very good card in a uh, in a zap bait type meta. I know. I'm really excited. That was uh, those were three really good chests. Wow. It's a good thing you don't have any more, right? Wrong. Wrong. Before I got the epic chest. I also got a legendary chest. Are you kidding me? No, I swear. I swear to you. Let me look see. Look at my phone. Did you just buy that? No, it's no, in my you thing. Didn't. Dude. It's sitting there. It's been waiting for like four days. How did you get so many good chests? The question is, how did I not open it? Well, right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Please What do, do you this. think it's going to be? Um, do you think? All right, wait. Here, all right, here's a better question because that's way too complicated and difficult. Right. Do you think it's going to be one of one that I already have or a new one? How many do you already have? I have four, and there are six left. You're about to open the log. That's my guess. Go. Because it got nerfed. Yes. Yeah. You ready? Ready. All right. My only uh, victory legendary chest. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. 
the lumberjack. Oh, dude, you said the, you said the, and I was like, the log. <laughs> I got the lumberjack. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I wish wow. it was the log just for the purposes of me guessing it, but the lumberjack is fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a really good legendary to have. I've, I've wanted to buy him in the shop for a long time and I just haven't. You just got so excited. How could you not? <laughs> I know. I wish I don't have that card, so I can't. I can't even. I can't even give you input. So I got the lumberjack. I got so many awesome epics. I got the executioner, thankfully, and I'm glad I held on to that epic chest before, uh, you know, until after he came out. And that was a, that wasn't a pretty bad clan chest. My again, minus the mortars. Right. Well. You, sir, clearly, clearly well-deserved. Good things come to those who wait, right? So, boom. So I'm told. I'm still impatient, though. Right, me too, mm-hmm. So, but it's okay. All right, so that pretty much does it for the chest openings. Let's move on to our deck spotlight. Deck spotlight! And Joe had made promises on the last episode and... He is not only the boom man, but a man of his word. So, Joe, <laughs> what two decks did you create for our friends, our listeners, this week? So, we had two listeners that asked us to make them two decks, and we delivered. So, first deck is for our friend, Baseball. So, Baseball had asked us if we could find a deck that included either the Miner or Sparky or the Inferno Dragon. So. We nixed the Sparky just because nobody really uses that anymore. Mm-hmm. And we went with the Miner just because of how versatile it is. So we found an awesome deck that we think is really going to work for him. So the deck is called Dirty Miner. So this deck costs 3.8 average elixir um, and consists of the following cards. The Barbarians, Miner, the Hog Rider, the Goblins, Inferno Tower, Fireball, Zap, and the Minion Horde. Explain to me how this deck works, because I have not deck tested it. So this deck is actually really, really cool. And if you're if you're if you're an offensive type player, but you like to have a little bit of defense in there, Mm -hmm. this is your deck. Okay. And the reason why is because it offers a good mix of cards, whether they're buildings or Cards like Barbarians that can play defensively. Obviously, they don't offer much offensive capabilities, but have no fear. You've got good combos for that. So, let's go with the defense first. Okay. Barbarians. These are going to be your main defense units against any incoming troops. The good thing about the Barbarians is that not only are they going to take out troops that are coming your way, but typically your opponent is also going to waste spells on them. Right, especially the Fireball. Exactly. So, they're going to drop down a card. Maybe it's beefy, maybe it's a little bit beefy, maybe it's not. But you're going to be able to kill it with the Barbarians, no problem. That's also going to force out a spell, so you're going to be at a positive elixir trade there. So, in the grand scheme of things, you're winning that battle. Right. So sometimes you're going to use the Barbarians and they're not going to be enough. And it's going to cause you to actually have to drop something else down, which makes you lose the Elixir advantage. So the Inferno Tower is usually good at trading pretty evenly. Normally, you pretty much trade for, you know, one for one, or you might gain plus one Elixir advantage. In fact, sometimes you might lose one Elixir advantage. But at the end of the day, it pretty much averages itself out. That's really all you need for defense. Otherwise, you're in offensive mode. Right. The primary combo that this deck has to offer for offensive pushes is the Hog Rider Miner combo. And basically what you're going to want to do is drop the hog at the river while using the miner right at the, fr- call it the front of the tower. So essentially, the miner and the hog are going to get to the tower in the same place. And what this does is it allows the miner and the hog to equally absorb some damage. Your opponent's not going to be able to easily place troops in such a way that it attacks one or the other unless they throw down a single card like a musketeer, right? Right. Um, and if you, if you do it this way, your miner, while soaking up some damage, 
can also kill troops that they throw down, like goblins or spear goblins or maybe even a musketeer um, or things of that nature, which right. is super, super impactful in the game. And if they just let that go, well, then your miner does a lot of damage to their tower. So it's really a win-win for you. But here's the thing. You're basically throwing out seven elixir, committing to a push, but also not really attacking their troops. This is where your fireball comes in. You're really going to have to make good use of the fireball because ultimately they're going to be an elixir advantage and you're going to have to have good placement on the fireball to ensure that you're killing their troops to get the elixir back to even. Um, and then you kind of rinse and repeat. You use the zap if you need to to assist your, your, your hog minor push, but otherwise you're just using it defensively whenever you need to. But this deck is pretty simple and straightforward. Um, I think the one card that I didn't mention yet is the goblins, right? Yeah, I was going to say that's actually uh, that reminded me of something that I do with uh, the purple flame deck. When you when I throw out my hog, I throw out the hog with the goblins. So if you're doing a, uh, a hog rider and minor combo, once those are out there, you can then send the goblins in to kind of clean up what's going on around those two troops. So it's a it's a good backup. Yeah, it's 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 a very good backup. And and the thing is is if if you need to use your miner for something else, the goblin hog rider push itself in and of itself is not a bad backup to begin with. Um the cool thing about the goblins is because of the change to the zap, there's a good chance that they're not going to have a good counter or you're going to force out something like a log to be used that maybe normally wouldn't be used. Um so it's a very effective deck and it, it gets the job done. And like I said, it's not a difficult deck to play. So from a skill cap perspective, most people can get there. I like it. It's a very, very cool deck. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then the next deck that we have is for our buddy Hunter. And this newly created deck is lovingly called the Huntress. And it is a 3.9 average elixir cost. So a little bit more expensive, but not by much. Um, and it includes the Elixir Collector, the Balloon, the Arrows, the Princess, the Giant, the Skeletons, Barbarians, and Minions. That's right. So this deck is super different than the other deck. <laughs> um, very. It's, it's, it's very different. I mean, it's, it's very offensive in the sense that it's a giant balloon deck, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not nearly as fast. And that might seem weird, seeing as it's only a 0.1 average elixir cost more. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, when you're using a hog rider minor combo, that gets to the tower quick. Your opponent's got to react very quickly and get a response down on the battlefield very fast. And that one push is only seven elixir. Very, it's very true. Whereas the giant balloon combo is super slow. The opponent has some more time to react and costs 10 elixir right which so, leaves you with nothing <laughs> fully committing uh-huh so with this deck you'll notice that rob mentioned there is the elixir pump so you're going to want to get that thing down first if you don't you're going to find that this deck does not generate enough resources to effectively keep a push going so once you have the elixir pump down your goal is to simply defend very simply defend with your barbarians your minions or your princess. You want to be careful with dropping down too many troops at the same time. So for okay. example, you're not going to want to drop your barbarians and your skeletons and your minions all in the same place because you're setting yourself up for failure with either a fireball, tornado, arrows, poison, rocket. Right. Exactly. You're just setting yourself <laughs> the up. The list for goes on and on and on. Exactly. And I think the thing for all of these cards are very good standalone, and they can do a lot of good damage. Um, you know, the skeletons require something like a hog rider to be, you know, effective. But if you bait out a zap with a one-cost card, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, but aside from that, once you've effectively defended, uh, chances are you're probably going to have your princess running down the lane. Don't forget, you're generating elixir. So once your princess gets close enough to the edge of the river where it can reach across uh, the map, you're going to drop your giant right at the river, and then your balloon 
to the left or right, depending on which side of the map you're on, so that it's closer to the edge of the map. Right. And what this does is cause havoc <laughs> for your opponent. Makes it very difficult to deal with. They have to pick whether they want to defend against the, the, the giant or effectively deal with the balloon. And it's very hard to deal with both, especially if they make the first move. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the important thing. Once you do that, you already have a princess that's sitting back shooting volleying arrows, right? Right. Your main objective after you get that combo down is to simply queue up the arrows and just wait to throw them down. That's going to be the key to letting your balloon and or your giant, it's going to facilitate them to get to the tower. Ultimately, that's where you need to be. Yeah, this, uh, this deck seems like a punisher, man. It's a punisher, dude, and it's, 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 it's unforgiving. So, like, if, the, if they mess up, if they're not expecting it, the game is over. It's, it's not even close. And then once you get that first tower down, you can drop the giant <laughs> balloon combo in that, you know, that sweet spot right in the center of the map? Um, you drop the giant balloon combo there. I mean, it's almost impossible to deal with. Right. And then you can send other stuff coming down the actual lane. Right. And because it's so... Because it's so powerful, it causes people to react very quickly, and they always put things in the wrong place. (laughs) So, like, they'll put half of their troops on the left side to defend, half of their troops on the right side to defend, and then they're effectively splitting up their push. And pushes don't work when they're split up, so it's a... it's a tough one, man, but but to be honest, it's a very good deck. This one's a little bit more challenging to use, um, because, to be honest, just like just like it's a punisher for them, if you mess up, you're going to get punished. Right. Yep, that's a good point. I like those decks, man. So, Baseball, Hunter, hope you enjoy the decks. Hope they take you into the Legendary Arena, get to 4,000, get to 5,000, boom. Boom. So we have five iTunes reviews, two of which are uh, redos. Um, so we'll go through those first. You remember from I Will Lose You Done Goof 2, who writes, Everyone left my clan. I only have dead accounts in the clan, so I left, and I feel bad about you guys doing a shout out. Sad face. So I need a clan right now. Happy face. So if I could join Cast Royale, that would be the best. Happy face, happy face, winking face, blush face, smirk face, hand face, tongue face. (laughs) Boom! Boom. So, I will lose. You done goof too. (laughs) We we apologize. Clearly, our shout-out did absolutely nothing. Um, Maybe we drove them away. Yeah. Maybe it had the opposite effect. Yeah. So, we're going to try not to shout-out so many things anymore. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, keep, keep checking out every, uh, every Saturday night into Sunday, we do our clan refresh, uh, look for an open spot and just make sure to include podcast. Boom. Definitely. And make sure you're in our discord. Cause that's usually where we announce when we have open spots. That's right. I think, uh, you should read this one because this is a huge thank you to you. Ah, that's right. So this review is from Vexcrate and they write great deck. This is a five-star review. Thanks so much for the deck guys. It ended up getting me to Jungle Arena and creating a big boom on those elite barbarian users, which is awesome. Hashtag boom. Boom. That was awesome because that uh, that review is a complete 180 from what it was previously. And it was still good. But this one, that deck you made, man, it really helped him out. I know. Even then, even though you put the bowler in there. I put the bowler. I tried to make Vex create a, an Arena 7 deck. And I <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I, I included the bowler. But I guess it worked for him. Either either the bowler was included in his in his call it uh population of cards, or he used the giant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the two, but he did one. Clearly it worked. And it worked. That's right. So that's the most important thing. So Vex create. Boom, brother. Boom. Um, and the next review that we got is from random nicknamed D504 from the US. Um, and they write, super awesome pod. Just started listening and love the podcast. These brothers do a great job and are very entertaining. If you listen to them, you'll love it and give them five stars. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, that was such a nice review. Mm-hmm. So thanks, random nicknamed. Uh, D five zero four. Maybe, maybe he's an Android. Me, definitely an Android. He's a robot. 
Definitely robot. Right? It's like R2-D2. Do you think when he was, do you think when he was writing the review, he was doing like the robot motions? Like, you look just like a robot. You do that very well. I was doing, I was trying to, I mean, nobody on the podcast knows what I'm doing right now, but I'm doing like one of those like, like robot dance moves, you know what I mean? Like where you like, just like swing your arm back and forth. Which is funny because you describe it as R2-D2, but R2-D2 has no arms. Well, that's right. So on to the next review. You got to just wobble back and forth on your knees a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Yeah. I'm going to read the next review. Read, read, read the emoji one. (laughs) That's you. Oh, it's my, it's like my favorite thing to do. So, so we got a review from Johnny Utah, 1121 from the US and they write, (laughs) (sighs) here we go. Yes. They write, (laughs) good luck. They write, okay sign, pound sign, smiley face with spirit fingers. (laughs) Yes. That's what it looks like. I agree. (laughs) Muscle thing. Muscle symbol. Shooting, shooting ice glacier. Boom. I love it. I've only heard shows 28 and 29, and I'm hooked. I've been in Discord for two weeks, and I've already seen two tournaments. Explosion, explosion. <laughs> I revised... I can't even read this, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I forgive you for laughing. It's fine. I revised Rider's deck from show 29 and flew into the Legendary Arena for the first time. Laughing cryface, actual cryface, actual cryface. <laughs> yes. So happy. I gained over 600 trophy symbol with a record of 21, 2, and 7. Champagne bottle, beer mug, beer drink, ice glacier shooting, explosion, explosion. So many emojis. This, this is Johnny Utah Clan, House Lannister, hashtag PRP8RC, be on the lookout. For tournaments from a true bloodline of royal clashers, a Lannister. (laughs) (laughs) Explosion, explosion. I'm done. And he wrote cough. He wrote wrote cough cough, twice. Two coughs. Two coughs. Mm -hmm. That was was totally, what would they call that? I don't know what they call it. I don't either. So neither of us know. And (laughs) and I'm, I'm still confused. It's okay. I feel like I'm scarred from this review. It's funny because emoji is supposed to make things simpler and shorter, but all it does is make things way more complicated. Yeah, that took forever. But hey, I mean, I love the review. Johnny Utah, thanks so much for the review. Truly appreciate it. Not only do we appreciate the kind words, but we're also super happy that you're in the legendary arena thanks to an altered rider's deck. And, and, boom. And then the last review is from Oh My Hop. They write a couple of emojis. They write awesome boom sauce, bomb, boom, in parentheses, no sauce emoji of a podcast. And it's five (laughs) stars. Um, And they write, hey, guys, love your podcast as a casual Clash Royale player and someone who has nothing better to do but listen to podcasts on my daily commute. Me too, by the way. Same here. I have a great time listening and getting more trophies from your help. I think your community must be growing because I haven't been able to get into either clan. But there is a third unofficial clan called Cast Royale 3. Everyone in the clan is a podcast listener. Please give us a shout out. We need players. Until the next podcast, thanks for everything, guys. Boom. Boom. And there you have it. There is Cast Royale 3's unofficially official shout out. That's right. So Cast Royale 3 was officially unofficially created by a member of the community, not sponsored by us in any way, shape, or form. Just created it on their own. However, podcast community listeners wound up there. They have about 30 or so people right now. If you need a clan and you want to be a part of our community or people like us, be sure to check them out. They're full of a bunch of fun people that just want to learn, grow, and have fun together. So um, at the end of the day, oh my hop, we're happy to give you a shout out. Cast Out 3, boom. Boom. And now if we ever wanted to make a Cast Royale 3, we cannot. That's right. So you've, <laughs> you've completely taken the ability of us to grow our own clan away from us. And now we're we gonna, will have to skip sequence and go to 4 eventually. <laughs> or we'll go to Cast Royale 2.1. 2.1. Or, or yeah. somebody else will create 4 and then 5 and 6. And it's just a domino gonna, effect. It's going to happen. We, I mean, originally we didn't know if we really wanted 3 created. And then poof, it, there it was. And it just popped up out of nowhere. It's just like magic. You know, these things just mysteriously happen. So one, the domino effect has started. Mm-hmm. 
And this week we had no patrons or PayPal sponsorships, so if you would like to do either of those, they are in the show notes. Boom. So that's it. That's pretty much it, That's all we got. Episode 30. It went on a little bit longer than I thought it would, considering what time we started. Yeah, that always happens to us. Like, well, once we start talking, man, we just can't stop. It's just, we love it, loving the Clash Royale. We are literally Pringles. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Ooh, I like that. Boom. That's good. Good thing I didn't come up with it, though. That's right. I mean, hey, it probably would have been, it probably wouldn't have been as good if you would have come up with it. Well, that's true. I wouldn't have put it on uh, a can of chips. <laughs> what? Well, that's a very good point. So, if anybody wants to join our clan, if there's a spot open, one, be sure to check out the Discord. Whenever there is a spot open, we tell it there first. And please, please, please be sure to use the word podcast in the invite. That way we know you came from here. Yes. And if you would like to send us an email, we realize we are extremely far behind on emails, but we are very busy as of late. Um, but we promise you that we are reading every single email that comes through. It comes right to both of our phones. Uh, so it does make us giddy every time we get one. So please keep sending them in. And if you want to keep sending them in, send the email to feedback at castrailpodcast.com. Yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, work for me doesn't allow me to respond to them as quickly as I'd like. We are reading them, like Rob said, and we will respond. Um, it just might take a little bit longer than, we, than yes. we'd like that to be. Um, yeah. If you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. And if you could, it would be very helpful for you to leave an iTunes review. Again, as we always say, it is the number one way you can help us reach more people. That's right. We are open to constructive criticism, things you like or dislike about the show. Boom. Yeah, if you can't tell, we just love hearing from everybody. That's right. I mean, mm -hmm. we love to help and, you know, we like to improve. So however you guys want to give it to us, boom. Exactly. And uh, be sure to join our Discord. Uh, the link is in the show notes with the instructions. Essentially, it's just typing in the word legendary as the password, all lowercase. That's right. And Big Brother Rob finally updated the survey. Our survey that is up and running strong is now stronger than ever and more accurately reflects the current status of the game. It is not four and a half or five months behind anymore. And I, am, I, I can honestly say a little part of me is proud of you for doing it, but is slightly also embarrassed that it took this long. Well, that's true. But I have to say that even though uh, Supercell moves a little slow with certain things, they do release cards pretty often. So as soon as I updated it, the Dark Goblin came out. <laughs> so as much as I want it to be up to date, it, it has the new arenas. So I guess that's really all that matters. And if, you know, right. if the right number of cards isn't in there, just... Give us a break and type the correct number in. You'll be fine. <laughs> totally agree. But that pretty much does it, man. Oh, man. Episode 30 in the books. Boom. I know. And the next time everyone will hear us, it's going to be close to Valentine's Day. It will be. So everybody better be prepping, getting their significant others some gifts. And if you're not getting them some gifts... Get yourself something. You might want to think about that first, and then if you still think you shouldn't get them a gift, then I would take Rob's approach and get yourself something. I still think you should get yourself something. <laughs> take care of yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so I guess until next time, we will see you for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.